Blog Talk Radio. to the Frontier Beyond Fear live broadcast and podcast. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and today is Saturday, January 21st, 2023. And for those of you listening live today, as I noted last week, um, I have a schedule conflict this week and next week, and today... I decided I had enough voice left to go ahead with a program, but I'm broadcasting an hour later than normal. The normal time for this live broadcast, which goes out on Blog Talk Radio, is 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and next week as well on the 28th, depending on um, I'm helping with an online event unrelated to this program. Um, depending on how that goes, I will either be in on that Saturday or I might skip a week or I may come in later. You just never know when I'm going to do the live show. I am very spontaneously coming into this program today, but with a topic that is near and dear to my heart and is worth revisiting again and again in different ways because every time we revisit it we take it a little bit of a different direction and it goes a bit more deeply and in fact the very motivation for the program today which came to me quite spontaneously when thinking just within the last 20 minutes although I've thought about it for many years um, the very motivation is what drives the fact that we need to keep talking about it and driving this point home, just how important it is to consider spirituality as a part, in fact, really the center of reality. And it is something that we can explore in methodical ways, And it is worthy of that kind of exploration. And those of us who have had spiritual experiences and have made spiritual observations, there are a number of scientifically inclined people with backgrounds in the sciences. I, too, have a background in the sciences and in logic having um, a math degree originally and then also a computer science degree and my master's and touched upon and also um, pursuing that when the field was quite young and a lot of people pursued it through mathematics in those days and also having 
had some experience with artificial intelligence in my early career and in also my studies early on. And so I've reflected on that a great deal. And the truth of the matter, which is really an interesting way of reflecting on this, is if we were to develop sufficient AI, and I will tell you that I think that entire field has had a lot of issues. It could go a very negative way in a strictly materialistic sense. But if we really did get to a more advanced point, and I'm not advocating for this, if, if AI itself would be able to observe the, let's just call them glitches, in the fabric of reality, things that could not be explained with a strictly materialistic model. So what then? And let's define materialism in case um, it isn't clear. Materialism is simply the, the belief that the physical world as we see it, that's all there is. It can be um, equated with the mechanistic model of how things work. It, those who are very strict adherents, and often very vocally so, are not interested in genuinely and openly studying that which is beyond the material. It is a paradigm in thought. It is a school in science, but it is not science. Science is the open exploration of truth, of the nature of reality. Science continually has theories that are then disproven, and it goes on to a different way of looking at the world. And I have touched upon in some of these shows in the past on what would happen likely should we, um, you know, see what one might call, um, using an analogy many people are familiar with, some sort of glitch in the matrix, so to speak, something that doesn't add up, something that just doesn't make sense. And those who study quantum physics, for example, they're dancing with this um, notion as we speak, things that are very difficult to explain, a different way of looking at things. But I feel that that doesn't even go far enough because we really need to be spending a lot more time looking at, um, oh, just broadly, the evidence around us with regards to consciousness. Even as we look in our explorations to space and the fact um, that we're not seeing a great deal of evidence of highly technological species. Um, that I know space is very vast, but there are those who 
are discussing this in the academic world, and I did do a program about that as well, on the Fermi paradox and some other theories about what we think we would see if it was natural for species that survive to go down a highly and strictly technological route. What is often not considered by these theories, it's often thought, well, they just destroyed themselves, which could very well happen for sure if that's the way you go. But the other question that one must ask is, did they shift? Did they become, did they enter into a higher understanding of reality and such that ultimately they didn't need technology or if they did need technology, it was more limited? There are no boundaries of space or of time for those species that get to that level of development. This is what we would consider truly advanced. And so many, you know, when I was young, I read a lot of science fiction and science fantasy, and I was really into that. I was always intrigued. In fact, many people in the sciences have been intrigued because I've worked around them, and I know this. I studied around them. I know they have a fascination with those things that go beyond the material in a fantasy world. You know, why do they so appreciate things like The Matrix, for example, and just so many other stories? Why is Avatar so popular? I actually haven't seen the next movie, but um, there's a reason for that. We have a natural yearning for more we have a natural yearning for the spiritual. And we can't, I can't prove that. And I'm not here attempting to prove something to you. I'm only going to be speaking for a short while today, um, coming here very spontaneously. There are things that can be looked at very seriously and are being looked at and should be looked at much more deeply. Because what we're doing is we are hobbling humanity, essentially, by only looking at strictly the material and being hostile to anything else. In the field of healing, which is such a huge area that touches every one of our lives, so many of us can attest to things that defy logic, things that happen that we cannot explain, that just don't make sense in a strictly material world. And you can see that yearning for more, even in, for example, I talked about this on a recent show, the Damar Hamlin situation where he, his heart stopped on the field, and suddenly, where did people seem to naturally gravitate who were watching at that time? It was astonishing. They went to prayer. And there are many different ways of thinking about how we relate 
to the divine. But that higher inclination is where so many people went to the point that it actually shocked people that um, were, you know, they were praying on ESPN and they were suddenly, everybody was spiritual. I mean, so many people, it just came out. And that's where authenticity comes up. I didn't used to be a person who would have felt comfortable or even was at the point in my spiritual journey to be out on a platform of any kind talking about this in such a way. That wasn't me a long time ago. But I had, just through, (laughs) uh, well, it's my soul journey, I can say, from my own belief system, but my life experiences went an unexpected way. And here I am. And I'm not the only one. We come from all walks of life. We come from all levels of education. But it's very difficult to talk about because the... um, imposing culture, so to speak, wants to deny that beyond the material exists or that it's even important or might even consider it harmful or a fantasy or any number of things that it is not. It is an, if we can't be a people who honestly explore the nature of reality, then we will have closed ourselves down into such a little box, it's very possible we won't survive. And we may not survive as it is, given um, just how many um, hazards the type of development that we are pursuing devoid of spirituality devoid of really thinking about where it could lead that is harmful um, because we have done that within such a, a vacuum because ethics goes by the wayside because fear is what drives us. All of those things are harmful. And people often fear what they don't understand it also really has an impact on personal empowerment, for example. That this, if we are all, and I contend we are, omnipresently connected to a greater force, a greater loving being, because I think it's far more than a force, I think we belittle it, when we look at it as something impersonal, it is not impersonal because anyone who has had an experience of what this is knows that it is the greatest love that you have ever experienced, something you can't even describe. And people who have had near-death experiences have often described the same. Let's not take the personal out of it. That's one way we err, is we're always looking for some very stark and impersonal set of laws that are expressed through the guidelines of the material. 
And I'm not saying that we can't, within the realm of the material, do explorations, but we also limit ourselves because we don't yet have the language to fully explain what is happening. Now, I have noted in the past, and here is a place where I'll be focusing some of these comments that can be scattered about in different programs. Um, I have noted that what materialism will tend to do, should it observe things that don't fit in a materialistic paradigm, one logical explanation, if you are very strictly material, is that we're all in a simulation and that what appears to be defying the material is no more than a computer simulation, as if on the holodeck of Star Trek, as if in a video game. And as a spiritual person, it is true that you can't disprove that theory easily, but you also can't prove it because it presumes the material and you would be making observations that would have multiple theories that are plausible. Because, you know, if we're living in a simulation, anything could be simulated, right? Anything you feel, anything you see, anything. That's how it gives it kind of an easy out, so to speak. Although it would be a step in the right direction to at least acknowledge that there is more to this world than meets the eye. There are multiple belief systems explaining what is going on. There are systems that, um, you know, there comes a point where there are things that become a matter of belief. Um, things like, you know, is there a karma or um, just any number of different things within belief systems. Could we observe more evidence of what's happening? Yes, we could observe more evidence. And one area that deserves a lot more attention is the area of near-death experience. Now, that's a complicated area because those who return from being clinically dead, they don't they are returning, so their experience may be different than someone who actually stays on the other side. We don't know how that experience would deepen for anyone who stays on the other side, and we also don't know how much of the experience is influenced by returning, because often people will describe they had a life review and how they saw things that they wanted to turn around or they were interacting with these beings. And so although, you know, we can speculate about these things and it's really interesting to hear about these experiences, what we can't prove is what actually happens on the other side beyond the state of the NDE. That doesn't make the NDE experience any, any less spectacular and amazing when it occurs. And people have had 
just amazing healings after and um, some people have had a lot of hardship after often there's more than one which is interesting so there's a whole realm of spiritual experience that could be studied and what I am talking about today is just how essential just how essential those of us who have seen life-changing, have experienced personally life-changing, unexplainable personal spiritual events, including seeing evidence of things that are statistically totally improbable, almost impossible, and far too many times, things like synchronicities that just can't be explained. They can be very detailed, those meaningful coincidences. These things are worthy of exploration. By not giving these things the open-hearted credence, the open-hearted Awareness of possibility that they deserve by slamming the door shut with fear, with the impulse to control perhaps, because the spiritual, you know, when you are aware that you are connected to something greater, it's really difficult to belittle and crush a person. You know, people... People have, they are connected to something greater and they have something within them that gives tremendous inner strength. Have harsh things happened in this world anyway? Oh, they certainly have. And we can't be in denial of that. What we hope is that we don't repeat history. Why is it so many people love these fantasy worlds like Avatar? What is it within us that feels drawn to such spaces? We are naturally drawn to what is the deepest experience that we can have as human beings. I have often reflected on how we could have taken another route, humanity. We could have not gone down the fear-based path, the endless struggle for survival, the warlike path, the competitive, the path, the path where there's no empathy or compassion, the path where anything that is misunderstood is rapidly dismissed and harshly so in our history. We could have taken another path. But we didn't. We didn't. So here we are. 
there is a theory, and um, many of us have actually seen within the spiritual experiences some notion of timelines where there could very well, and within even materialistic science, once we get more into the quantum side of things, um, which one could argue how material is that really, um, that every possibility exists as a different timeline. So somewhere we went down an amazing path, a more spiritual path. There used to be um, various books when I was young. Um, um, Piers Anthony, for example, famous sci-fi author, science fantasy, um, wrote about situations where you might have a magical world and then you have a non-magical world. And how do the two interact and how are they different? Which one would be the more astonishing? Which one do we yearn for? And then there are those stories about kind of a merger of the two. This is not a cold world. Childhood's End, for example, by Arthur C. Clarke. A little bit of a spoiler alert, I suppose describes a world that is loveless and cold, even though claiming to be one of expanded consciousness. Expanded consciousness could never be loveless and cold. What is out there is what is inside of us. What is out there is what is in there. And it is unconditional love beyond our capacity to even integrate as human beings. And yet it is there for us. I'm going to keep this episode short since it's at a special time. And again, this program normally airs Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. But next week on January 28th, we may, I don't know if I'll have a show. Um, If I do, um, it'll be a spontaneous one. And it could be on Saturday, it could be on Sunday, or it could be any time. Um, if I choose to do one next week, or I might take a break, and then I'll be back in a couple weeks. But um, this show is on some syndicated platforms, too. And um, I appreciate those of you listening across time, which may be a number of you, since it was so spontaneous today. You are present here because there are no boundaries of space or of time. Thank you for being here wherever and whenever you are. And I look forward to seeing you next time. You can go to Frontier 
to FrontierBeyondFear.com. I need to catch it up just a little to find more information about this program. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and I hope that you find a space of peace in your heart, of love as well, a glimpse at least of what is there for us, just how very deeply you are loved, how special you are, a special creation. Know this. Feel it. Thanks for being here. Take care, everyone.